Welcome to the Investment Clinic Live, your monthly 30-minute online chat with an investor. And now your host, Brindusa Burroughs. Welcome to the Investment Clinic Live today. My name is Brindusa Burroughs. I'm the founder and CEO of the Gurnla Project. I'm very pleased to have everyone on the call today. We are very lucky to host Sergio Negut. He is a business angel from Romania. Welcome, Sergio. Thank you for the invitation and congratulations for the project. It appears to be very dynamic and very interesting. Thank you very much. A quick word about the investment clinic. We have noticed that a lot of the ventures that are looking for funding fail to access uh, the financing that they need. And one of the key reasons for that is investment readiness, preparing and their fundraising correctly, understanding what investors are expecting from them making sure that their financials and their pitch decks, teasers are, are all good. The Investment Clinic is a project that helps entrepreneurs with these, with these issues. You can get tailored consultations to work on your business and as well as access investor lectures and the Investment Clinic Lives, where each month we're hosting a guest investor for 30 minutes and you can ask questions. The Grand Up Project is a deal sourcing platform we're scouting for companies that are doing good in social environmental issues, for-profit businesses. We are also now on our new, the newest iteration of the platform, allowing advisors and uh, investors, as well as other intermediaries, to share deals. If you're interested in, in these new features, take a look at grandupproject.net. Now, Sergio, Sergio, you're an angel investor, you're a consultant. You're a multi-board advisor. You're also an associate dean of entrepreneurial growth at the Maastricht School of Management in Romania. You're a well-known speaker. You speak a lot about growth management and, and entrepreneurial issues generally, but also particularly around Eastern Europe. You are a business person yourself with a, with a great experience, and you were the executive director of a, of a network of hospitals, private hospitals in, in Romania. Where along with the founder of the clinic, you, you helped grow the company by more than 10 times. And so you have seen how companies grow and you have also helped in your, in your second life as business angel. A lot of startups grow. You have experienced an exit in, in your portfolio. And so we're, we're very excited to, to hear a little bit more from you. It is the first time we speak to a, a business angel at the investment clinic. And so. I'd like to ask you as a first question, what is the role of an angel investor? Thank you the, uh, for, for the uh, eulogy. I feel a bit, uh, you know, embarrassed <laughs> because it's, you know, none, none of this is my success. I mean, I'm, I'm the follower and the supporter. And that's uh, what I prefer to call, you know, and uh, all these together, the, uh, in that the, my, the previous management experience, the teacher experience that I have now in uh, academia, the consulting and the business angel is a sort of growth expert, growth advisor, because my business is to help other businesses grow. And I do that in multiple ways. And probably the one that is the most rewarding is the uh, business angel investment activity. And this is not only because it's rewarding to work with uh, nice entrepreneurs, but ideally there would be a number of exits that would give a nice return for my investment. And uh, of course, that would be, you know, that there is only one way entrepreneurially to make lots of money at one point, and that's obviously the exit. So every time when we angels look at investments, 
is in fact, to be frank, not driven by the idea of let's help some guys uh, grow their business. That is very nice, but we can also do that with mentorship programs or coaching programs and something else. It's actually for us, together with the founders of a business, to get rich one day by selling that business to a third party. So the role of the angels ultimately is to bridge between the initial startup phase when the, the founder would raise money from family and friends and play the role of the third F, play the role of the fools that would you know choose to believe and chip in and help with networking, with uh, relationship, with business understanding and strategy and advisory and support whenever that is needed, but with the purpose of getting the company to the next level, to the next financing round, if that is the case, or getting the company to profitability and making sure that there is a route to exit. That sounds good. And then when we were preparing the session, we talked about the fact that angels sometimes bet on ideas. And you said, no, no, actually, it's more than betting on ideas. Tell me a bit more about that. I think, you know, there is a, you know, a traditional way of looking at business angel investment where you would have these... Um, very large angels that have inherited or made lots of money. And then they choose to spray and pray as a strategy of investment, which means that they would be putting relatively small amounts in a large number of investments, like 30, 40 or so, then pray that this will eventually give them the profits they want. Now, I see moving, I see people moving away from that kind of scenario for a number of reasons. One reason is that it has become, in more and more geographies, easier to attract small amounts of money in the form of grants, in the form of public financing programs, in the form of access to accelerators. They all give very small amounts of money, like 10000 or 40000 or, or that kind of magnitude. And you, you reach those amounts, and they have something like an educational program, like startup consolidation program, attached to the money. So. Um, I'm in a, in a situation where I can only help with uh, something that is not exactly on that level, but probably on, on something more. And that something more includes knowledge. So there is something where the business angel that you want in your company can also serve as an advisor. So there, there is some knowledge of business development, of specific industry, of knowing other people that you want from your angel, which kind of makes the angel not only in a position to bet on an idea, but to understand the business and bet on the team, the business plan, the market opportunity, bet on the business as a whole. It's the idea. If you ask pretty much every other angel that I've met, they will tell you how important is the idea? Not so important. Because at the end of the day, it's you know getting an idea that is right for the time to market, but it's executable by some people who have the execution. Ability. So, so in that sense, can anyone be a business angel? You know, you, you hear very often, you know, if I have someone who's willing to invest something in my business, should I consider that they're a business angel? Yeah, I think so. In fact, frankly, I've, when, when I started investing and I had like two or three investments and people asked me, ah, so you're a business angel. I said, I, I was kind of, you know, not, no, not really. I'm just, you know, investing some money and helping these guys with advices and so on. But it, it appears I was in full denial because at the end of the day, this is what <laughs> business angels nowadays do. So 
finally, I came to the acceptance of the fact that, yeah, I'm a business angel. So this is what I do. And by the way, most of the other business angels that are active in the business, they do the same thing. They kind of play a role on the advisory board of the companies that they invested in or they individually coach or mentor the founder. And it's about the same thing. So I think many of us start with the idea that, yeah, why don't I, you know, just make an investment in this particular opportunity that I see with this team and see how it goes. And then there is another one and then there is another one. And then suddenly you're known of doing it. So more opportunities come to you. And But it, it all starts like that. And I think also that, you know, the current business angel is not only the, you know, traditional, you know, Google employee of the first 100 or something like that, but pretty much everyone that has saved some money, not necessarily huge amounts, but uh, has saved some money in different ways and is thinking to do something with the money, which is not, you know, the traditional money put in a bank account, in a bank fund or in uh, the traditional real estate kind of development. Yeah. So I, I syndicated a number of investments, and in many cases, for the people that I that I brought on board in the investment, it was their first investment. I also hear you saying that actually you have to be willing to also take the risk alongside the founder, and also put in a lot of work as well, give your expertise so that the success is a shared success eventually. Now we've we've received some questions from participants who signed up, so we have some questions sent beforehand. And we're going to move to those. So very quickly, here's the first one. What do you investigate or check first? The team, the market, the trend, the traction? I don't think it's, 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 it's a matter of checking first. I think every founder has, has to be able to put together the 30 minutes, the elevator pitch, or the three minutes elevator pitch in a, in a, in a pitching contest or something like that, that would attract the interest of a business angel for a next round of discussion for, let's say, for the one-hour meeting. But in the one-hour meeting, you just get a flavor of what the business is about. And But this is not like necessarily leading to investment. So it's not a hierarchy because in your mind, as a business angel, you need to tick more boxes. And obviously, the boxes include the team, their knowledge of the industry that they are active in, their ability to work together as a team, their ability to actually run and manage a business and their ability to stay together through good and bad times and their ability to work together with you as part of the same team. So obviously you don't assess that, you know, by, you know, checking or making a very uh, superficial due diligence. But at least in my case, what I start doing is, okay, let's entertain some discussions. How do you think about this? How do you think about that? So it will not be like, you know, okay, very good. I had a one hour meeting. I throw the money at you. Goodbye. Call me in five years when you when, when you do the exit. Not it doesn't quite work like that, or at least not in my case and in the case of the people that I that I know. So yes, it is the team, it is the market, it is necessarily the route to exit. I have to imagine credible route to exit for that business. I think it's important to understand also that there is ideally a sort of wave trend in the market that this is a part of so there is a there are more businesses in that space that is sort of fashionable and this is important because this is what ensures the the next rounds of financing and eventually the exit so um i think this is altogether then 
there is another thing that is important is your ability to contribute with a relevant amount. And in my case, my ability to contribute with something on top of the invested amount. And how short is the, the time horizon to exit for you? How short should it be for business angels generally? I think we're looking at exit maybe in five years, maybe in seven years when we first invest. But more important than that, we are looking for this to be part of a series of investments. So by the time I've put my money in, I would expect that I have a route where I understand what would be the next investment round. And I would see that the money that I'm investing would be enough for the company to make it to the next round. And the company would be eligible for a next round investment. Now, whether that next round is something that, you know, is kind of final with a, like an IPO or something, that can also happen. But more likely, it's going to be a, a professional investor, like a, an institutional investor. So it is part of the angel's effort to prepare the company or help prepare the company for the next round. Now, here's a, here are two questions that are relatively similar. So I'll bundle them. What do you expect a company to prepare for you? And I suspect the question, because it came from a startup, the question is, obviously, to get to the meeting, right? So what should you see in order for you to get to the meeting? And then within that, what do you expect in, in return? I think you touched a little bit on it, but uh, perhaps you can say, you know, what are the typical types of um, returns on investment that would make you want to be interested in a company? Okay. Um... So what do I evaluate? Frankly, I evaluate a business opportunity and team of people. And it's quite subjective to get to the first meeting and then. So does this business make sense for me? Yeah. Does this team, uh, you know, may, I, I, would I like to work with these guys? Would they like to work with someone like me? Okay. Then probably we can, we can move on if that is the case. So I'm afraid this is not very formal. You know, it's not like taking a million boxes like, have in the formal applica applications that the accelerators would, would create for you or maybe the venture capital will create for you. But it's also because the business is earlier stage. So yeah, I will look at some point that you understand what a business plan is and I will look at some point to see that you are coherent in your assumptions, but not, not at the very beginning. Now, what you have to understand that angel investors invest typically at a stage where the risk is huge. So, and also invest relatively small amounts. Relatively small amounts, I would say, you know, at least for the period that I'm in, I would say from 20 to 200,000, most of them. You would have some super angels that would invest half a million or a million or so, but these would be more the exception than the rule. So, we would invest expecting huge returns from the successful companies. Now, huge returns means that. In my portfolio right now, I have four businesses that have grown at least 20 times in terms of revenue from the level that I invest. So right. is that 40 times in the value that I have invested? Probably not, because at the beginning, there is a value that is placed on the idea, and you just have to prove that you're able to make revenue, not necessarily to really make commercially viable revenues. Right, right. But uh, it's that kind of multiplying effect that, that you want to see for your money. Because okay. if it's something that would grow only like five times, probably 
the business opportunity is not attractive enough to justify the risk of investing yeah. in an early stage company. Right. And thank you for that. Here's a question that came on chat uh, from Frank from Waterpreneurs. So do you know any business angels that are also interested in impact? And so in that case, do their criteria, so by impact, understanding impact on society, impact on environment, in addition to actually realizing their their financial financial performance. And in that case, do you think criteria for business angels are redefined in their investments? That's a very interesting question. There are less of these in the region where I, where I come from. And, uh, but, you know, angel investors are humans, you know, with some particular traits, but they are humans. So um, they typically invest in things that they care about. Sometimes they invest in things that are close to their passion, close to their expertise. And sometimes if they feel that, you know, they owe the society uh, some some good deeds, they would invest in impact, uh, in um, social enterprises. It's very complicated because it's, you know, it's this continuum. Of course, you pitch to individual donors when you have an NGO and individual donors would put money in. And you pitch to angel investors in the traditional form, the, say, say the traditional business idea, and they would pitch only for profit. Sometimes they would be maybe the same people. So the opportunity to build this, if you want, missing link of impact investment is there. Nevertheless, that being said, from my experience, impact investment is actually smaller in amounts raised than pure donation, which is smaller than traditional investment. Right. That makes sense. Now, here's a a very specific question. Now, how do you evaluate startup risks? That's a very difficult question and and a very smart one as well. You start with the assumption that the business is very, very risky. So you look at everything that you can do in order to de-risk that. You know, having a sort of, you know, I, I have this business opportunity that is perhaps exponential and can deliver lots of money. But if things don't go that well, it's gone, not going to be a total disaster and I can get my money back. Well, that would be a very, very interesting situation. You know, is there something that, you know, unless if it doesn't accelerate to be financeable by VC, can it grow to the size where it's a, you know, a mid-sized business that can operate a decent profit and distribute dividends and so on? That may be also an interesting possibility. But this is one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, okay, I'm de-risking the business by simply investing in more businesses in the same sector. So I would rather, rather than investing in only one, I would invest in five. And then my chance of hitting one that is good opportunity is there. And this is what uh, angel investors that invest already at uh, you know pre-revenue level would do. Yeah. So if you, there are a few that would invest from the you know concept phase, like the drawing board, and um, and not expect that you know the commercial model is validated by some initial customers or something like that, and then they would go and evaluate the risk more on the by building a portfolio or mitigate the risk by building a portfolio. Otherwise, it's, you know, how reasonable the market is or is expected to grow, how reasonable your expectations are to reach a certain market share of an existing market of growing market in the making, so to speak. 
Right. It does come to the to what you were saying initially, which is that you are part you are taking a significant part of, of the risk and that the more you do it, the more you get the, the feel for how you know how things may or may not work and, and that it is definitely not an exact science. I'm curious with respect to what you were saying just now, do you as business angel connect or build relationships and maintain a network of VCs as well? So in other words, do you also know and connect with others in the market who then can be the later stage funders in some of the businesses? Yes, that you, uh, yes. The, the short answer is yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's a symbiosis. Uh, many times the VCs would seek angels to co-invest if they have the right background or the right knowledge in their businesses or even recruit sometimes angels for their or other specialists for their background in the advisory boards for the companies. So I think it's a, it's a sort of mutual recognition and participation in the same ecosystem. Right, right. So somebody was asking, how do people, how do entrepreneurs find and approach an angel investors? I think the best, how do the we best find you? thing that you can do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you found me, but uh, I'm, I'm not enough, <laughs> definitely. Uh, the best thing is to look for business angel clubs or pitches, pitching sessions that happen in your area, in your geographic area. So go visit those, see who shows up pretty much every time, approach them, ask them if they would be willing to listen to your idea. They might participate in those pitches, see if anyone would you know, ask you questions after that. This is, I think, the best, the best approach. That's one route. The other route, which is about the, the, the one a bit more adventurous, so to speak, is the route of you know, build your own angel investor. So look for people that have made money in an area of expertise that you would value and approach them directly. Good. I, I am hope, seeking uh... an investment in a particular <laughs> idea. What do you think? Because I think it's, it's actually both ways that you can reach the angels. Angels will, will just you know, pull together and you know, syndicate. So if an opportunity comes to me, I think I'm not the best equipped to, to play the role of the advisor, but I think it's a good business opportunity. Maybe I will, I will definitely call someone from my uh, network and see, look, can you make any sense out of this? Can you meet these guys? And so on. And then, you know, make sure that if you do make an investment, put me on the list and I'd like to co-invest with you. I mean, it, it, this is the way it works. And that's why you have all these business angel clubs. So it's not like you have to, you know, seek people who would declare themselves angels on the LinkedIn profile, but, and write to all of these, although who knows, you know, (laughs) Uh, but rather, you know, try to identify those that you would want to be your partners. Because it's not, once again, it's not people that you just take their money and forget about them and hope that they will not call you for the next five years. You call them when you sell the business. It's not like that. You are going to be partners. So make sure that you get the right partner. Right. We've heard this over and over and over, how important it is, the relationship with with your investor and and how important is the non-financial support that the investor brings through their experience and, and so on. Now, if magic happens, so to speak, how long does it take for a deal to be concluded on average? 
months. So I have not seen actually the the if you want the side effect of the very short answer months is that you should not seek funding where you're in, you when you're in desperate need for funding. You should seek it long in advance. Plan for it. You know. So because it takes months and also many of the business angels would not, you know, so how much have we agreed on? Something like 100,000. Okay, here's the money. Bye-bye. On the contrary, they will say, okay, so when do you need the money in the business plan? That would be 20,000 this month, 20,000 next month, 10,000 then per month until we break even some, or something like that. Okay, now let's see how that works according to the business plan. You know, So are you able to make that business plan? Or as we move forward, we realize that you know, you're just burning more and more money and burning more and more money doesn't bring more and more business. So maybe it's not that good an investment as I thought from the beginning. So you see, sometimes you will have to make a promise and your promise is the business plan and investor, the, the angel investor will reciprocate that promise with a promise in money for the subsequent rounds and allocated over maybe six months or a year. Right. Now, we've heard this also from, I think it was Pierce Cumberledge in his investor lecture. He was saying you have to have at least a runway of six months, a minimum runway of six months ahead of you to uh, when you start fundraising for your next round. Is that is that something that you would agree with? Fully agree. Now, here's another concrete question. How to protect business plans sharing outside an NDA? It's an interesting question. I wouldn't be worried. As I said, idea is not very interesting unless you have something that is a, you know a fabulous patent that can be sold by itself which i doubt you have typically i mean selling just the intellectual property with absolutely no business attached to it then of course you can protect that with a patent but other than that i would share information because once again you either found your partner and then you have to share your knowledge or you don't and then you are not going to build the, the necessary confidence without sharing your, your business plan. So let me add something to that. Look at what the business angels do. Are they in the business of stealing the business ideas of the people pitching to them? Not at all. The typical business angel would just stay away, contribute as much as they can at the advisory level, but not get to run a business. So I would say that. Unless, once again, you have seen this by, done by a particular person and avoid that person, in 99% of the cases, this is a non-issue. Right. Now, I'm conscious that we're getting to the end of our, our window of time today. So I'm looking among the, the other questions that were asked. There is a question about investing in difficult contexts in developing countries. And I think you mentioned uh, quite clearly at the beginning that uh, that that is not an area of your of your current expertise or or investment so perhaps one last question i know you're not for the moment involved in, in green investing per se there is a question here that asks if you are investing in, in seed funding for establishing a green fund i'm curious though if impact or green per se is an area that is of interest to you perhaps for the future, for future exploration? Well, I can only answer once again, people invest in something that they deeply care about or they have knowledge about. And typically it's, it has to be both. 
when it comes to green, I know some people that are really into green stuff. So I would automatically defer these things to them. More generally, an impact investment, if it's about, let's say, I don't know, education, for instance, which is an area that I deeply care about, then probably it would be the other, the, the other way around. So it depends on the flavor of the impact investment. Yeah? Right, exactly. So, and and that, that is one thing. The other, the other thing is on the investing in a fund is different from investing in a company. Some angels would invest in funds as well. Others, like myself, would only invest in companies. Why? Simply, I'm not rich enough yet to have a fund as an in-between to connect me to the companies that I invest in. Mm, because of the minimum yeah. requirements. So yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. It's not only about the minimum requirements. You know, it's not about this the sheer size. But I think at this moment I'm better off choosing and helping the companies that I invest in mm-hmm. than you know trusting uh, uh, others to do it as part of a portfolio. Probably at some point that stage may come, but it's not that case. So you have to look, I think, at uh, What's the fortune that these people have made and the level of risk that they're willing to take? The level of risk that you take by investing in a fund is smaller and the returns are smaller. I'm talking about a fund as a whole. And when it goes to impact investing in a fund, it's something where the um, everything, you know, is, is part of you know a social contribution that is bigger than the financial contribution anyway so it's a completely different uh, different story so in these cases for instance i prefer to be present in areas where i can help with my knowledge my expertise i mentioned education probably that's my area when it comes to social and impact investment education health i would add which is another health important as well. area right. of impact yeah Agreed. so so meanwhile yeah. we wish you a lot of success with all the, the businesses that you are helping today and that you will continue to help we will continue to keep an eye on on how you're doing and and what other great startups you will be supporting and thank you so much for taking the time to to speak with us today thank you as well i enjoyed very much the conversation and the questions and good luck to the participants with all their endeavors. And good, good luck to you with the project. Thank you so much. At the Investment Clinic, stay tuned. At the end of November, we're excited to announce 20 to 21st of November, our first impact virtual summit on investing in the circular economy. Lots of opportunities to pitch, to network, but also to be part of the learning labs for entrepreneurs where you can work on your financials and your fundraising preparation. You can learn how to make a simple and effective marketing plan. You can learn to evaluate the impact of your business. This and many more at theinvestmentclinic.com. So thank you again for taking the time to join us today. And we look forward to hosting you the next time. Bye-bye, everyone. For more insights from impact investors, visit www.theinvestmentclinic.com.